When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to the boys of 161st Street, episode 240. Who gives a fuck? Aaron Judge is the Yankee for nine more years. Aaron Judge will be on the Yankees for the rest of his career. Yankee for life, nine years, $360 million. Immediate reactions. We're going to dive into that whole fiasco with Arson Judge and John Heyman and everything that was going wrong and us not having Judge for like a night uh, we, we we thought we didn't have judge for a night when we went to bed and we woke up and Aaron judge was a Yankee or will be a Yankee for nine more years, but immediate reactions to, uh, yeah, uh, yeah us signing judge. Obviously we're gonna, other than judge, it's going to be mainly about the judge situation. Um, but you know, cash from back for four years, Canely also on the Yankees and the rest of the free agency landscape, but, uh, immediate reactions to judge fellas. Thanks it's fucking God. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's mine. It was, I thought I would be able to get over it. And then I saw what my life was like for like 12 hours without it. Like even the most pessimistic people, myself included, there was still like, I never really believed it until yesterday. And uh, yeah, I tried to drown myself in frozen pizza and boxed wine and see what would happen. So it was, it was a pretty sad <laughs> night for me. Um woke up this morning that was all good so a lot of a lot of relief but now we're exactly where we were one year ago minus another starter so go finish the job no yeah that's a good point but it seems like the floodgates are open now like that we said in the beginning of the offseason that everything after judge is going to matter because the first thing and the only thing you're worried about is bringing judge back thankfully for us it was in 2022 and not after new years and like stretched out into opening day. So now that it's at the winter meetings and there's still, well, today's the last day, but you know, there's still time to figure the rest out and there's still some good options on the board. Um, and I feel like they're at this point, you have to buy in with it while he's good and while he's worth 40 million. Cause he's not going to be worth 40 million for the rest of the contract. No. And that, and that's a good point too, because it's, I think you made you made an interesting point, Chandler. Is that you know it it sounds like or feels like we got a, we landed this big fish, but it's not how it would have been if the Giants had got him because it's you're adding eleven WAR to a team that previously won eighty one games. So essentially, you can say that they're now better by eleven games, but we're actually down a starter in in Benatendi. However, you want to is that who you're talking about? Benatendi being the starter that we're still down. I own, but. Okay, because Ben attended. I mean, he didn't really do much for the team last year, but it, it is interesting because we are celebrating this. But like we've talked about for the last year 
And the year before that is kind of just running it back in the saying that all of the listeners know that we keep saying is what's the definition of insanity. It's running the same thing back and expecting different results. And that's, if we don't do anything else right now, we're going to celebrate this today because we didn't, we didn't think we were going to have him on our team and I'm happy that we do, but there, there does need to be more moves to be made. And it sounds like we're still in on Rodon. It sounds by the time we're listening, we're recording this is Wednesday night, December 7th. So, I mean, there definitely needs to be more moves, uh, to be had, I, I think Rodon would be a, a fine one. We'll we'll get into the free agency landscape and the next moves, uh, but I, I think they're they're pushing right up against the salary cap, and it, it seems to me like Hal on his his boat in Italy taking calls on his vacation just <laughs> with Aaron Judge. It sounds like he doesn't really have an issue spending some money right now, and he seems like he was potentially channeling his uh, his his late father. Last night with the call to judge, we'll get into all that in a second. But I do think there's going to be more uh, more moves to be made. But I, I think that's because it, there has to be. Uh, the first thing, I guess, let's just go into the whole... Real quick uh, on how. Yeah. Do you think the booing actually got to him? I was going to get like... into that. I, I do think... Oh, okay. I, I think the... I think this move in general had more to do with how the Yankees how the Yankees organization was scared the Yankees fans would react to judge not being on the team and i think when push comes to shove because i, I don't i personally would not have reacted and i consider myself one of the more rational Yankees fans there's not a lot of us out there but like the Yankees fans the whole next season i i wouldn't i could see a world where they the team just gets booed because of the way the front office handled this situation if they had been outbid by 20 30 40 million i don't think there's a a realistic number that we would have been okay with it like if backtrack back to the beginning of the season when we offered him 213.5 million all of us said that was a fair deal all because obviously he didn't, Everybody ha- thought it was he, he didn't have a, a mvp and break record season <clears throat> but in hindsight now after that time and time again proving himself to be the guy that he is in the media and obviously he can handle himself in a fucking free agency period. We'll talk about that in a second, but he, that everything I think was the right buttons were pressed every single time. But, you know, to, to go to your question, I do think that, that, you know, I think it started with Hal. I think Hal evidently had the final say. I don't think this is a contract that Cashman was comfortable giving out. And I think we're going to look at this contract and be like, Oh yeah, probably not the best one. Probably going to get five good years out of it and spend 40 million a year down the stretch in this in the back four years but that's okay because i think they looked at the two plans plan a being having judge in the team and plan b being you like we said this before the offseason even started we're going to spend this time trying to get judge and then all the while missing out on free agents that are falling through the cracks like a trey turner like all these other guys who have already gone and i think they looked at the remaining free agents like we'll we'll do in a second and they didn't think that that would cut the mustard with the fans and themselves too. Cause, and I don't think they would have like, let's, let's say we recorded last night, like we were supposed to. And judge was in our minds, not going to be like, he's going to be on the giants. We were going to look at the rest of the landscape and be like, yeah, do we just take the money we were going to throw on judge and just give it to like Xander or Correa or Xander and Correa and move one to second trade labor. All that's like those stuff. I don't think any of those moves would have been, enticing enough to the Yankees organization or the fans. And I think it's a combination of those two things. I think they're scared of what the fans might or how they would, would have reacted to that. 
I think that this is a lot of, I think it shows two things. One, how incompetent Brian Cashman is. And I think two, it yes. shows how out of touch Hal is with his own team. Because from the outside looking in, this is an investment for Hal. He doesn't give a flying fuck about the actual baseball team. So in his mind, he's giving Brian Cashman $230, $250 million a year. And without gauging, it's not like he's refreshing Twitter like we are. Without gauging any of that, from the outside looking in, he's like, okay, yeah, I'm doing a good job. I'm giving him $250 million. I've got this general manager who's taken my team to the playoffs you know, pretty much every year they've played, I think it was like 16 total games where they didn't matter. I think they've played like 16 total games in the last like 20 years where they were out of contention, something ridiculous like that. So the outside looking in, you're like, okay, everything's going right. And then he showed his face at the stadium and he got absolutely just booed to death. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I think, I think it shocked him. And that's kind of the feel is he wasn't like offended like just at home crying, but it was like, where did I go wrong if I'm giving $250 million and everybody's pissed off? You know what I think it was? In addition to that, like obviously the booing got to him, but the other part of that I think is people drawing comparisons to George. And when in the brief time that I thought he was gone, and I'm not talking about the four minutes before um, Heyman took his tweet away, but all night last night, I thought that he would just jump the gun and it, he was still going to go to San Francisco. And I was just waiting for that to come across. So for that entire time frame, I'm thinking from Hal's perspective, how can you have the most marketable player in baseball at your biggest need outfield already on your roster and you have the highest, <clears throat> the most money to spend and you don't bring him back? Like, how can you do that? A generational talent. We Everyone's comparing to Jeter going to be the captain. How do you let that guy walk with this much money when you were under the tax threshold? Like it doesn't make sense. And then George would never have let that happen. So I think the comparisons to like, that would have been his legacy is letting judge walk, no matter how good judge was after he judge wasn't Cano. Cano was never going to be the captain the same way. I was heartbroken when Cano left, but Cano was never going to be what judge has been. And will be Uh, now. And will be now. I mean, even if he isn't doesn't have match the season he had last year, how could he? But either way, you had to bring him back and pull that risk. And it took the fact that it took Hal stepping in to do that, calling Judge on the phone to offer them the extra year. Good for him for stepping in and making sure that happened because it would not have happened if it was only on Cashman. Now, my There's question, no my question little... to you is: Do you think that Hal called him, or do you think Judge gave the Yankees no, the, how, fi- the final? How called? Judge, how called him? Yeah. Okay, you don't think that Judge gave us the final right of refusal, like a lot of uh, no team. I mean, yeah. in my judge. opinion, Judge, judge. to San Francisco was basically a done deal. I think it's and, from. I think it was closer yes. than what we're all led to believe. Either mm-hmm. that, or he's just the best fucking poker player of all time, which I it think could he be. Is. I think he is. But I, well, yeah. I think there was a legitimate chance that if the Yankees didn't go that last year, that he'd be a San Francisco Giant right now. Yeah, but he did not that, make that up. He heard no, no. something that made him make that tweet. So something happened. And I think I think Hal it... saw that. And he, he, if there's one thing he cares about, it's protecting his assets. He, like I said, he looks at this as an investment, right or wrong, whatever you want to say about Hal Steinbrenner. I mean, I think we can go a day without bashing him based on this. But he's like, I'm losing the single most valuable part of this. Like, 
I need to step in. And I think, yes. And that's I, what George would have done. The quotes that Brian Cashman gave all week of not knowing no that he's in San Diego. He doesn't know anything. He doesn't know anything. He was so, like, yeah, I don't know where he stands. I don't know well, if he's yeah, coming but here. Think I don't about know your judge. On. Because he left him in the dark. Because Right. I, and people say it on Twitter, and I don't really think it's an exaggeration that he fucking hates Brian Cashman. I think a lot of players yes. do, which it doesn't make sense. Derek Jeter hated him. Everybody hates right. Brian Cashman. It does and, not make sense to me how he gets extended. If you can't land the most surefire slam dunk free agent since Derek Jeter, a homegrown Yankee that wants to be the Yankee that's sitting there to be your captain, then what what good are you? Not a good sign that the prior I, two captains, including Judge, obviously do not like the general manager. I, I don't think that's well a, that's the thing is when they re-signed Cashman, I figured that had something to do with having Cashman signed gave us a better shot to get Judge back. But Judge kept everything so close to the vest, but one thing that is clear is that he doesn't like Cashman. He's the comments about how he was upset that they released the offer that kind of thing. And then the Jeter comments after that, like it's clear. And then the last finishing touch is that he Cashman didn't even know he's in San Diego, but then Hal gets him on the phone. He tells Hal, I just need one more year. He gives him the other year for 40 million. And here we are. And he turns down 400 from San Diego and nobody would have blamed him for that. Crazy. I mean, he, he 10 years, 40 million, like that's your best offer objectively. And they're a contender. That could have been a great option. I know he doesn't have ties there, but, all he needed was the assurance from Hal. He needed Hal to have the good faith that Cashman didn't have. Yeah, like we said, it didn't doesn't sound like Cashman had any idea what was going on with any of this. And I, I think it was all Hal. And I think Hal, in my mind, gained a lot of respect in just in terms of the way that he can handle things. And honestly, it's putting things into question now. Like, was this always Cashman being terrible at his job? Should we have cut Hal some slack? And then that's why he needed to really step in this time? Or is this out of character for how this time around and he just couldn't take the booze and all that stuff. I don't know. And we'll probably never find out, but he had to step in now, whether it's because of the booze or not. I don't know if he'll step in on say Rodon. Um, and I know we're going to talk about that in a second, but no. this is, if he wasn't going to step in now, then he's never going to step in. Right. And I mean, just, just kind of like a little bit r- ridiculous that, you know, the, we didn't even talk about this, the timing of the announcement of the Cashman four-year extension before making a single move. I mean, I guess he brought back Rizzo by that why. time and he was working under no contract, but, like, nobody fucking cared. Like, that DeGrom and Verlander had just gone off the board and <laughs> were like, yeah. oh, big splash. We brought back <laughs> Brian Cashman for four years. Somebody who the fans don't like, the captains don't like, the players don't like. I don't even know if Hal likes I mean, clearly Hal likes him. And it's just like all this crazy stuff. I know Chandler, you said this before we brought back Judge that Verlander going off the Astros could have been at the end of the day our best move, the Yankees' best move. And I don't disagree with that. I think that's that there. If Judge had left and we were just grasping at straws with the remaining free agents, I think that was probably the best. Yeah, but Verlander was gone first. What? Verlander was gone first. I know we were. Chandler had said that there's a legitimate chance that Verlander leaving the Astros is the best move for us. Primarily, oh, because just he's, just because he left this the before Astros. Judge, I see. like he was assuming Judge wasn't going to be on the Yankees because he's his pessimistic self. But I mean, to be fair, none, I mean, of, none of us did. <laughs> I think if there was ever a time for me or any other Yankee fan to be pessimistic, it was this. Like all signs pointed to him going to the Giants. But you had been saying just, this like, for like, would never every day for the whole year. Like we all thought it before the season started. Like when he denied that, it's like, oh, you know, kind of makes sense. The Giants are a good team. 
they were better than the 500 team before. For last year, they have a lot of money to spend. We knew this was going to happen, so it's not a shock. But, yeah, it, it, it was very tough. I, I mean, we haven't even Ch- talked about the – Chandler. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I think if I it was up to Cashman, he would, he would be a giant right now. I'll just say yeah. that. I don't think I'm that far off base. I think yeah. if Hal Steinbrenner doesn't step in there, and that is something nobody had on their bingo card, was him actually growing at least half a ball. From Italy like, of all places. From Italy. Then – that makes it funnier, though. That makes it so much funnier that he's on this luxury vacation and it's just like, yeah, I mean, clearly the dude's doing just fine. He, it, the extra, I don't know, $40 million is really hurting his pockets. I mean, if you want to talk about the, you know, the bet on himself, this is now full come full circle and it's concluded. That is the best bet on yourself. I don't, I don't need, need to refer to history for this. There's no one who's bet on themselves went better than this, let alone just free agency, because I'll, I'll count the whole beginning of the season, you know, the negotiations before opening day, the whole, he handled everything. He pressed every perfect button because when you look at what, he, what the offer was before to now, and who knows the offer before they probably negotiated to get up to the two thirteen and a half and for seven years. So like they, he initially denied the two thirteen, and then ended up at 360 that's 146.5 million extra dollars that he got himself and an extra year extra two years and what's crazy to me too is that the yankees i'm glad they settled it like this but they're kind of fucking stupid and they're probably kicking themselves for it and again how's on a boat in italy he won't don't doesn't really care but when you look at it yeah it's a difference of like 150 million right there but they could have avoided that. They could have saved themselves even more than that. If instead of the 213, they offered him like 280, he would have never gone to this. He would have never, he would have had his MVP year under contract. Who knows if that would happen? String theory or whatever. If they went up to 280 before opening day and avoided this whole thing, in reality, they saved themselves $80 million. The difference between 360 and that, and that I agree with. And, you know, hindsight's 2020. Like who could have guessed if- that he would have broke the record, but like, it's it's crazy how much money he made on top of what he was offered. If he got two eighty at the beginning of the year, I would have called it a bad deal. Hand right, up. right. No, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Here's like, where I'm at with it because he if won. You give him, I'm totally fine with not offering him more. He bet on himself and he won. That's nobody's fault. It you know good on him. The thing that pisses me off is and what I think shot down negotiations and actually made this a competition with another team was making it public and airing it out against his wishes it's exactly what judge said it's a shady bargaining tactic and that doesn't work like not everybody Derek aaron judge is the closest thing we've had to Derek jeter since Derek jeter but not everybody's Derek jeter it doesn't matter how good you are on the field with the media anything Derek jeter's team growing up was the yankees he loved the yankees he wanted to be a yankee he built a dynasty with the yankees he won four or five world series with the yankees by this point that it's different. He knew he wanted to be a Yankee. Aaron Judge, not so much. Like, like he took, I was he took to less to be here. So he, do, I think he does. The, and he the hasn't big, even he, made it to a World Series. He, he by does, that time, Jeter had won four. He does, but you get what I'm saying. Like Jeter went yeah. the, went to the front office that I'm not even speaking to the other te- uh, to the other teams. Treat me fair. And Cashman still aired it out and said, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Go shop around and see what you can get. He's like, I'm really not i don't want to even give the impression like aaron judge played it perfectly who knows if he actually had intentions to leave or not he clearly did nobody nobody knows but him but 
I think he I did know. have intentions to leave, no. but he knew at the end of the like, he knew the Yankees would be close enough that he wouldn't have to leave. So I don't think he ever wanted to go anywhere. He uh, put the ball in their court. He he knew <clears throat> he like we said, bet on himself. He gets to the offseason. If the Yankee he knew that if the Yankees gave him the offer that he was looking for, he would take it. And it took Hal stepping in to get that offer. Because he could if he was in it for the money or if he was in it for the the years and the longevity, he would be in San Diego. Yeah. It's the I bottom mean, line. And I, I, and I don't know what the final offer is like. 400 million, 10 he clearly years was the final offer. wanted to be a Yankee and Cashman almost kicked it. He had, they had every advantage, every opportunity, everything. And it took Hal stepping in at the final second and a John Hayden boof to get us there because Chandler, I want to bring a little point to your uh, tin hat theory that actually made sense <laughs> is that, you know, we say, oh, they they're not looking at like Yankees Twitter to figure out whatever. But there was a legitimate five minutes where we thought he was gone. And for the rest of the evening, most people really were operating under the assumption that he was gone. And you see the reaction. And maybe Cashman doesn't care about that. But Hal probably does. I'm sure Hal has somebody looking at to see the reaction, because whether the Yankees constituted that fuck up or not, they got the reaction of what would happen if Judge leaves. It was like the greatest martyr moment of all time. And if it is that, I, I doubt it was like, look, John Heyman, say what you want. He's kind of a cuck, but the dude's been in this game for quite some time. He's got solid sources. He probably heard something. And, you know, the buzz, it wasn't just him. There's buzz all in the lobby, apparently, for multiple sources that he was going there. The players, the coaches, all kind of, I mean, shit, you can watch Gabe Kapler, Kepler, whatever the fuck his name is. I watched the winter meetings the entire day yesterday from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed. Watch his interview. And people don't talk like that that aren't confident. Like, I know they didn't end up with him. And I know that apparently nobody knew anything. But you don't see, you know, when they interview the Red Sox guys and they talk about Xander Bogarts, they don't talk like that. It's like a... Yeah, you know, we wish we could have him. We love him. He's a great guy. It, there was like a a sense of arrogance about not arrogance, but like you know, th- there's there's a way you talk when you're excited about something, and there's a realistic shot of it coming true. And I think that John Hammond or as Damon, who's not here tonight, would call him John Hyman. I think that there was a realistic chance, and that the belief was that. I think John Hammond definitely jumped the gun. But look, if it's if theory is actually true, then that is one of the best publicity slash botch jobs, whatever you want to call it ever. Because if nothing else, it showed the panic in that fan base and it showed the panic to that front office other than Brian Cashman, who apparently doesn't look at fucking anything or know anything about managing a team, like what the fallout would be. So what are and your your tinfoil hat is suggesting what? That we... That, that, that Heyman leaked that intentionally to wake up to put some sense of desperation in the front office like judges camp was like look leak this and you know for whatever reason to get him to to come up because he wants to go to new york but he wants to make his money so you're saying that they they told Heyman to ruin his credibility do you think they slipped him some of the cash there's there's no way this actually happened that would be cool but the the result whether it was intentional or not the result was the same because it did like you know if he didn't Make that mistake. Does Cashman still get on the phone? Hal, you mean? Hal. I, I, I don't know. know. I don't think so. Because he, I, I, I mean, really do think slips, that there's a realistic it, possibility 
that they, the even if you didn't see it directly, somebody got a hold of Hal saying, you know, this happened and everyone's freaking out. So he knew the reaction of the fan base when they thought he was gone. And whether that gave him a kick in the ass to get on the phone with judge, I don't know, but at least it definitely played some sort of a factor. Well, he had already I mean, been having conversations with in the chain judge reaction. The, the comments were, you know, the Yankees didn't really know, but they were spent the entire rest of the night frenzied or they were in a panic or, you know, Aaron Boone was in the shower and he got the message. He was like, yeah, I called Cashman immediately after he was like, no, I don't know anything. Like, Cashman's not the guy to call. Clearly he's been, he's been well, but sleeping then, at that, the outside yeah. and then <laughs> in the fucking then, sleeping bag with whatever he does. Yeah. Here. He's been doing the fucking elf rappel down the side yeah. of skyscrapers, <laughs> but no, I mean, Aaron Boone, Say what you want about Aaron Boone's in-game decision-making, but the players love him. And the reports come out today that, you know what, when Aaron Boone found out about all this, he called him late last night and just, like, had a heart-to-heart with him. was like, look, man, like, this is what you mean to me. This is what you mean to everybody here. Like, I respect your decision, but you know what? Like, we all love you. Like, does that happen if this doesn't leak? I don't know. Like. He, I don't think he's so. probably not he's not meddling in the, his business at this point it's he's his story the entire offseason is i don't you know i hope he's here i stay in contact with him about how him and his family are doing and that's about it but does he make that call of look we like it's almost like a last ditch effort i of, think he might really I love you he here might. please don't I, I choose to believe this tinfoil hat theory. I think someone in Judge's camp, I think Judge directly, well, we'll just use him, but I think it's Judge, someone in Judge's camp, his agent or whatever, probably his agent, told Heyman, said, hey, we'll give you a slice of the increase that this frenzy causes if you do send this tweet. And then, I mean, that's that's a pretty big slice. It went up from 360 to, no, it went up from 320 to 360, right? So, you know, I mean, it could have potentially gone up to 400. So I think they could have given him like, we'll give you 1% of whatever it ends up going up to from the current offer on the table. And I think Heyman just was like, yeah, you know what? That sounds good to me. I'll use another house in the Hamptons. Like <laughs> I choose to believe that. Yeah. Or, I, I mean, or it could be just a senile reporter fucking up. I, th- I choose option A. I think it's more fun. I don't know. I did I notice. Know. I wonder he... if CC Sabathia being there had anything to do with it. Although, also, shout out to all the people on Twitter that were on the private flight trackers. I don't think that anybody's ever been right before, <laughs> but they were actually right. It was him. So, you so know, it was. Ju- they had. I, I didn't hear about that. They had judges flight to San Diego. Yeah. Well, they'd been. Tra- There's one private flight, and the reports were that he may be going to San Diego. He may not. There was one private plane chartered from Tampa to San Diego yesterday. And people knew he was in Tampa from the game. Yeah, and people were tracking it all morning. And they're like, oh, <laughs> like the judge is arriving and everything. Like, this can't be good for the Yankees. But they were right. He was on the fucking plane. So you did, know did they have a name or they just saw the one chartered flight from where he was from his Instagram yeah. picture to the winter meetings yep. that were like, yeah, it was like, the only private Diego. jet. They're like, it's either Hal or Judge or both. And they're like, or it could well, be just anybody coming from Tampa to San Diego and Judge is just sitting in Tampa. Yeah. Well, I mean, Murph, I know you're flying coach. This as a as a college football fan, but every time there's a head coaching vacancy in college football, maybe not for you because you're an Alabama fan, but for the rest of us that have poverty teams, 
every time there's a head coach vacancy, every person on the fucking internet's tracking every flight across the country. I've never and this that. is the first time I've ever seen one be right. I, I can't believe they were right. That's all I know. And the fact that he was going there just to meet with, with the, the Padres. Padres yeah. That, and then That's they wild. offered him 10 years, $400 million. Like the, the, I feel bad for two people, three people. Us last night for the, for the night, we went to bed sad. Two, the Padres have been offering some money to people, and no one has accepted their offers. And they they offered Turner three forty seven, was it? He accepted three hundred. They offered him an extra forty seven there. He said no. They offered him. They offered Judge an extra forty million. He said no. Nobody wants to play in San Diego, I guess, and I don't know what it is. San Diego is pretty fucking beautiful, but it's mainly just because Judge wanted to be a Yankee and, and Turner, Turner wanted to be a, a Philly. Coast. Well, you just want to be on the East Coast in general. So and I don't think it's necessarily with Harper a too. Yeah, Harper. Could you imagine Judge and Soto in the same outfield, but it wasn't on the Yankees? Like, imagine right before the deadline. That's crazy. Before the deadline, someone tells you opening day next year. Keep in mind, Soto's still on the Nationals at this point. Opening day next year, Judge and Soto are in the same outfield. What team is that for? That would. Where been... would the Padres be on that list? Very low. Like, I mean, probably top 15 realistically, but. I mean, that's half the league. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. No, but like, I mean, Your point taken. Like, we would have assumed, assumed, but we would, you know, may, you could say Dodgers. You could, well, obviously Yankees would be number one on that, but you could say Dodgers. You could say San Francisco. You could say a lot of other teams before you get to the Padres. <sighs> yeah, I just the whole situation last night was crazy, and I have a I have a friend at work. Shout out Tyler. Um, he is a Giants fan. And we were chatting back and forth just on teams, like <laughs> just sending reports back and forth. And he had us for a second there. Like he sounded like he had the last laugh. I went to bed. He lives in California. So he has a different time zone. I sent him a chat <laughs> in the morning because I woke up already and he's three hours behind. So he had still been asleep. I was like, you are going to be very upset when you wake up <laughs> because he, <laughs> he went to bed probably thinking that definitely thinking that judge was going to be a Yankee and when I woke up, because the news broke at like 8.30, which is like 5.30 their time, he was not up. So I gave him the news. He looks on a team's message. He gets a team's no- notification. He just I was, responded uh, back and said pain. Like that, that just, <laughs> I was able to break the news in a positive light today to one of my buddies at work. Uh, he His name is Joe, and he uh, sends me like a Slack message this morning. Like, oh, glad to see they got Canley. Hopefully judge signs today. And it was, you know, at like 8.45. I guess he just hadn't like gotten the news yet so i i was able to go back to him be like oh actually judge just signed and obviously was very excited that was a good little yeah. moment Dude, like was... you don't get to break news to people directly that very much anymore it's no no i mean especially that early in the day too because it was it's it's funny john morosi i don't know if you guys saw this the only reason he was up to break that news is because it was his wife's birthday and he was up trying to get a surprise together for her and was like he's out there in san diego he's like what the fuck at 4 30 a.m you know here we go yeah when but- you said five o'clock bomb i like in our group chat this morning chandler i get a text at 8 20 just boner alert and i was like oh that means something good and then he says nice 5 a.m bomb and just no context and i went on twitter and still hadn't seen anything because this was before or right as rosenthal was tweeting it i guess and uh, yeah i that was but when he says you knew like when he says boner alert, Ch- that that's not a no thing. i knew it was something but Chandler, if you said directly that Judge signed, that you would have broken the news to me. I no, broke the, the I alternative broke the news to everybody because yeah. everybody's getting ready for work, and then I like I was still 
like, my work day doesn't technically start till 10 30 so i was kind of dicking off like watching tiktoks and i saw like just my normal twitter scroll in yeah. the morning i was like whoa <laughs> that's yeah. cool see i had already had my normal twitter scroll and missed that that's interesting because <laughs> i started eight i'd already been up at adam and missed it so Dude, in i don't addition, know this is the happiest that we've been since cole right hands down yeah, yeah. I, th- I think happier. I mean, because it is happier. happier I think it's cold. happier because the mm-hmm. opposite side of this would have been more detrimental to the team. I, I genuinely believe, like, what does this team look like going forward if we miss out on Judge? I think we're sitting here having this podcast talking about potentially rebuilding or at least retooling heavily. Like this, the the decision of Judge to come back to the Yankees com- changed the dynamic of this team for the next four years and don't shake your head no i know no no, no i'm i'm no no, no I'm, I'm not disagreeing with okay. you. i'm saying that we would have been having no matter who we scrape we could sign three of the top four free agents that are left and we are still not you lose your identity it. you lose right. your identity if you lose judge you don't lose a player you lose and it sounds corny as fuck but it's true like we have not had a player like this since 2014 and even then we all knew it was coming we haven't had a player at this point in his career, this exciting in damn near 20 years, like anybody who's probably the majority of people listening to the show, all of us, all three and plus Damon, all of the people we associate ourselves with on a day-to-day basis, we've not had this version of a player. We were all so young when Jeter hit this point and when he hit his prime and everything, like we haven't had that star power ever. Losing him would have been crushing and everybody in the locker room, everybody. Yeah. And everybody in the locker room loves him. Like you listen to Nestor Cortez talk and I know he's kind of like just a meme at this point, but he's like, yeah, we all look up to him. He's, he is our captain. We do everything he says. We listen to what he wants to listen to. Whenever things go bad, he talks to us. When things are good, he talks to us. Like he is our captain. You lose that guy. I'm sorry. Bringing in Correa and Rodon and Nemo or whatever other combo of players it doesn't replace that no right and I, I think they would have panic bought people I think they would have overpaid people I think they would have brought in people that don't fit the build or the mold that they always like to talk about the classic Yankee mold and nobody fits it better than judge like they would have probably overpaid Correa they would have overpaid Xander Bogarts as much as I like those players and they're great players they don't they, there is a fucking six foot seven sized hole in this roster. And it's fit. It's, it's a lot bigger than that because he just like, he embodies everything that a, a captain of the Yankees should be. And that begs the question is like, I mean, John Heyman talked about it already. I mean, he's obviously skating on thin ice right now in terms of the credibility. Um, I mean, actually, no, not really because he was obviously paid. So if the tinfoil hat is correct, then I'm buying into this John Hammond quote that he said that it's all but what what was the exact quote? It's all but final that this year he'll be named a captain or something like that. It's it's fairly obvious that he will be. It was Bob Nightingale, honestly. That was like it was Bob Nightingale. Which all he's those are less synonymous with John Heyman yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, yeah, I saw that from Bob Nightingale. I was like, that might as well have been from somebody with three followers. Like, so, do you think? Well, I mean, but, uh, we're gonna I have mean, to was... wait. Hal's in Italy, and the only person who can name him. They asked Cashman about it. He was like, "That's a decision for Hal." Yeah, like, I mean, it's inevitable. It's going to be before point. opening day. We all know that's going to happen. It's going to be at his press conference whenever they, you know. But the fact that, like, so yesterday when we thought he was gone, we were talking about the best 
next step is signing the best player available, which would have been Correa. And I don't like Correa. I he's a good ball player. I don't want him on the Yankees. And now I'm relieved that that's not going to be an option. You're I mean, so if they go sign him now, last I'm not full of shit. Whoa, you didn't let I, me finish. You said this is what, what I was going to get to. I said, what if I told you two years ago that we signed Correa to replace Judge? And we're you happy. Didn't about say it. to replace Judge. You did not. All say right, to we signed Correa, judge. and we're happy about it. That would have been on the contingency that Judge is gone. So I would well, have been happy about I'm it at. from the standpoint of okay, at least we got somebody competent in free agency. But like, I don't want to pretend that I like Correa. Here's and where now I'm, I don't have. I to. hate. I hate Carlos Correa. I do. But I think there's some legitimacy to what Luke brought to the table last year. And I guess we could use this. We've been beating the judge drum for an hour, and I could do it for two more hours. I love the fucking guy. I'm so glad he's back. But to Luke, I think there's some legitimacy to what Luke was saying last year when he was a free agent the first time, that he kind of fits that super villain just mold. Kind of the – and he's baseball smart. Like, he's not just this uber-talented guy that – and that's it. And he just was associated with a bad team. He knew what he was do- like. I don't. I don't know. I hate him. I hate him. I hate the Astros. I hate everything. He's a baseball genius. He's fucking incredible at baseball. He fits that super villain mold. You're going out there and you're dishing out three hundred sixty million dollar contracts. You know what? Go fucking sign a Correa. I don't care that you got judged. They're not going to. But if they did, and they went for the jugular here. I think he fits the bill perfect. And I think that the Yankees would get over it. I think the players would get over it. I think enough time has passed and enough of them want to win. I agree. And I think that beyond that, I think they respect his baseball intelligence. He listened to him talk on the broadcast. Again, I cannot fucking stand Carlos Correa. He is my least favorite player, least favorite player in the entire game. But listen to him talk when they have him on broadcast in the World Series, which is weird that he's not at it, but you get what I'm saying. He's very knowledgeable. He knows what he's talking about. He's a student of the game. He's Garrett Cole-level technical with his craft. That's a massive, massive add to a team that desperately needs a shortstop, that desperately needs something. They're missing something. They've been missing something. They don't have that it factor, and bringing back Judge doesn't give that to you. Signing a guy like Carlos Correa does. And I hate See, that I'm saying I, I feel like the bat, the uh, fits the evil empire thing is not really the case because you're looking at the faces of this team and none of them are the bad boys Do you want to talk about like the Mavericks, the controversial that he's more of a Donaldson than he is a judge in that sense. There are faces on the team. I think he was, he was that, and he was that out in, in the light because he needed to be the face. And that's the one that would probably garner the most attention and make a a bigger name for himself and probably make more money in the long run free agency because he's out in the media like that. Obviously the cheating had something to do with it, but I think if he joined, I wouldn't be upset if he joined the Yankees because I think like we said before, it all ties back to judge being the captain, everybody looking up to him. I think he would take a back seat in terms of like acting out and all those things. I, I don't know. I, I think, I don't know. I just, I'm the point I was making, I guess, was that two years ago we were calling for his head. And then if he is, I'm not asking for him. Uh, I'd rather have Xander Bogarts the, of the of the people that are available on the market, and or just yeah. bring up Volpe and have that be a thing. But like, yeah, no, I'm not if talking we're spending now. Spending bread right the, now, like, why not go get a Xander? No, I don't think they're gonna go get him, and I don't think they should. I'm saying that I'm glad he's not our best option anymore, because if Judge left, he would have been, and that would have sucked. Because I still don't like him. 
Right. I can I, respect I, that he's yeah. a good player. I can respect he's a student of the game. I don't want to root for him. Right. I, I genuinely believe, I said this before, but I do think the Yankees would have panic bought. I think we would have ended up with Correa, uh, a Nimmo, like a few other random names in that list of names, that plan B that I was talking about before. I think that's what the front office looked at and we're like, that I, we can't sell that to the fans, especially after a season where well, that's they why the Dodgers and the players and all those things. It's like we Did can't no, not the, not him as a thing. It's like we can't sell the alternative of not having Judge and your replacement for Judge is just this ragtag group of overpaid players. That now they also have the narrative of like you know when a player gets paid a lot, fans are, expect more of you, and they're like, oh, you're paid. Uh, the, my favorite thing in the world is like this much per second to step on the field in uh, on a Yankees uniform. It's like now you have that, and you're also filling the shoes of Aaron Judge, which are fucking huge shoes, figuratively and literally. It's just like that's it's a tough sell to the fans, and that would, that is evidently I genuinely believe why they made this deal is because they were scared of that backlash. Yeah, they being Hal and. Well, yeah. they'll make their money back tenfold with Aaron Judge over the course of his contract. Everybody, they've already, they've already made their money that to pay him based on. Yeah, I mean, they have a fucking look at the production you got last year for twenty-one million dollars. They have Dude, a section that. of Yankee Stadium named after the guy. People show up in fucking wigs and robes for this guy, and that was day they, one. That was. Idea yeah. number one, and it, and it I worked. I mean, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> like, that's it's been there no for a couple of years, brainer. and he hasn't been up here for that long. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Just like the jersey sales. I mean, the dog days of summer sold out crowd that against the Orioles, like that wouldn't usually be the case, but because he was chasing history, like that's it's crazy. It's it's insane. Even when the, the team was borderline unwatchable, they were still selling out crowds because they wanted to watch Judge. Like people, it's just crazy going to the games because going to the games and seeing Judge go up, his at bat finishes. Everybody goes to get their refreshments and go do their bathroom breaks just during the inning because they're here for one reason, one reason only, and it's because of that man. So I, I'm very happy to have him back. It sounds like something to watch Chandler here, just, real quick. Yeah, it, it seemed like you. I had don't some have breaking, breaking news. news, but our guy Hal to KBO, who's been. The I was just media. gonna in say ca- this tweet. In case you guys so haven't been following Hal to KBO, follow him on Twitter. He He's is just a good. normal guy like the rest of us, but he flew out to San Diego, is just hanging out, fucking asking all the Yankees reporters and answering questions. And, That's and he is. He's everybody who has a question, but I'll get to the point. He's been talking to Brian Hoke. He said, Brian Cashman and company are flying back to New York, still going to gather as much uh, as I can, but he mentioned Rodon's a perfect fit. And then he followed it up with, this is coming from Brian Hoke, by the way said if something were to happen tonight it would most likely be Rodon. I think I'm a I little that, yeah, I'm a little surprised that we're not talking about Rodon in the past tense right now. I I'm a little surprised it hasn't happened yet. So hopefully it is tonight like because that is of all of the possible yeah. thing like you're we're talking about there's not another free agent on this board that I think improves our rotation that much. He fits. It's perfect. Rodon. We need him. He fits. Well, no, no, no. Perfectly. He is the only option at this point. Right. That, and that's In what I'm saying. Opinion, unless you want to get unless into, you like, do Sanga and Bassett yeah. and, like, but where would Bassett fit? He's five, I think, maybe four. We don't need a four or five. We have six, four, and fives. Yeah. I mean, let's yeah. let's talk about the remaining, the remaining options. I mean, Verlander's gone. DeGrom's gone. Kershaw, Kershaw was on the market for, like, a second. It's Rodon and Bassett, basically, and that's. 
that's it for the pitchers. I mean, Manaya, Kenley Jansen's gone. The only other two big pitchers Abaldi. are like Adam Ottavino, David Robertson, which we've been down those two roads before, and they're not getting any younger. Um, it's just. I think Rodon's the perfect fit, man. He he throws hard. He succeeds with throwing fastballs up in the zone, which if you're going to succeed at Yankee Stadium as a power pitcher, that's something you have to have a proven track record of doing. I have a little bit of concern with how he ages. And I was listening to Al Leiter break it down um, on MLB Network today. I trust his opinions a lot when it comes to pitching. He says very, a very aggressive arm motion. He's very arm dominant. You know, he doesn't generate a lot of power and a lot of speed from his legs, which, you know what, fine. And I think that's why the Yankees are hesitant to go a sixth or seventh year, which is what he's allegedly looking for. I think if you can get Rodon at five years, even if it's $30 million a year, I think it's an absolute no-brainer. Because he's an absolute – right now, he's a 1B to Cole. And he's coming off a year that's probably maybe even better than Cole's. Like, Rodon is a damn good pitcher. I would say at this point in his career, he's probably a top-five pitcher in the game. Come, uh, he's going consensus into next top season. 10 going into next season. Number nine, I saw but, And he's MLB a right. dominant lefty. Like right. he he is the lefty counterpart to Cole. I think then, I like then we his would mentality. Have Nestor, Cole, well, so, yeah, it balances it so yeah, heavily. I like his dense. mentality. I it's like right, his left, right, left, right, left, right. Quick, I'll say this real quick. His mound presence is something that I think because the big the biggest thing when you're talking bringing a pitcher to the Yankees, you know, you look at the Frankie Montas. Maybe it's too early to judge. Maybe it's not. But, but we still have him. Look, we look, still but have look him. at Sunny. But look at Sunny Gray and. AJ Burnett and guys like that, that just don't handle it in New York. I think Rodon has the makeup to handle it. He's a fucking just, I don't know. He's a psychopath on the mound, which is what you got to have. Like, and I, I think he fits the bill perfectly. I would love to have him. I think you even overpay. I would go that sixth year. I don't know about seven, but I would give him the extra year. And it's almost a judge situation at that point. But you know what? Maybe, I mean, look at CC Sabathia. Somebody pointed this out earlier. Is it's the perfect, the absolute perfect comparison. CC Sabathia in his last two years um, as a Yankee, he wasn't a dominant starter. He was a fringe bullpen pitcher. He had a nice little resurgence for a little bit. But you know what? You paid for a World Series, a guy that was up in the top of the Cy Young for three to four years. If you get that out of Rodon, if you get a ring, and a top five Cy Young finish two years in a row, you get your money's worth. I don't mind. I don't mind eating the back end of that. I don't care if he loses efficiency. I don't really, the injury history kind of concerns me, but if you listen to people break down what has caused those, he's changed his windup a lot from where he started coming out of college to now. I think that takes a lot of pressure, a lot of, um, strain off his arm which is where all of his injuries are shoulder elbow i think kind of his recreating himself in a sense helps that i i'm comfortable going five or six i don't i really don't care if the back end isn't good yeah my you're paying for, i don't you're think paying it's gonna have to get to six yeah but I uh do. either way for the I, I feel like it's starting at four and it's gonna leak to five rather than starting at five and leak to six if it's six i'm still okay with that to be fair but well they um, want seven that's why I don't think he, nobody's going to give him seven. I mean, but either way, I think this that market, have you for seen the reason the contract Taiwan Walker got 80 or shit. Did Taiwan Walker years, get a hundred million? 
No, four years, 70 something. I think. 76. I mean, Tyone's like getting 20 million a year. 60. Like, yeah, no, I agree. But I know, but the longevity that for that same concern, they know I, the AAV is right. What you're saying, he's going to get the AAV, but the, I don't think anybody's going to, he's not going to have to compete with the years. I don't think he's going to get seven. It's interesting that the giants are trying to bring him back. Cause we're going to have to duke it out with them again. But for everything concern. that you just said is the reason we brought back judges to win now. And Rodon's another win now guy. So, you know, if you're going to – I think if they bring back Rodon or if they bring in Rodon, it's going to really tell that the chips are in, that it's now or never. And they're they're doubling down on the now or never. And you're paying Judge $40 million for nine years, and he's only going to be worth $40 million for maybe two or three of those, and that's okay. You knew that going in. By the time he's not worth it, 10 other guys in Major League Baseball are going to be making $40 million too, so it's fine. But it's if they don't – it, it, you have to capitalize while yeah. Judge is worth what you're paying him. That's why they're. That's why they're going to continue to go out and get people. I mean, they have a billion dollars allocated to three players on this team right now. They can't just like that. That's crazy to say. <laughs> they have insane. one billion dollars allocated to Stanton, Cole, and Judge. I mean, that sounds crazy, and you could say stop there. But we're like Chandler said at the top of this show. We are have the same exact team. Minus Tyone and minus Benatendi as of from last year, and that team didn't do much. So plus Canley, come on, plus Canley. So, but like now, now <laughs> you're getting it. Signing. But Mike King is hurt, so we had Mike King at the beginning of the year. So now we're replacing him with with Canley basically King's until he comes back. back, so. back by opening day is but you know what I mean. So I'm just saying it's 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 at a plus or minus there. But like regardless, they can't sit here and I, I don't think we're being spoiled Yankee fans in, in saying that no. we want more because we know this formula. We're happy about Judge being back, but we know this formula isn't good enough. And if you have a rotation with Carlos Rodon, Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, whatever Frankie Montas becomes, I'm not completely sold he's going to suck because he was dealing with injuries at the end of last year. But if whatever he can give us as a four starter, and I forgot about Severino, so Severino as well, that's a damn good rotation right there. I mean, Montas would, not, Montas would be the five. And it's spearheaded by three guys four guys, including Severino, that all could have a chance to win a Cy Young or be at least top five, top ten every single year. And that's that's crazy. That's very, very good for a team. So I think, I mean, why not push all the chips in on a Rodon? Because he seems to be that that missing piece because the offense can do it. The offense can get it done. And they're, I mean, it's just crazy, man. And then you can probably get a little couple ancillary pieces. like. Well, I'm no, not- here's the thing with Rodon. And uh, I'm going to stop you on the ancillary pieces, because if you get Rodon, you blow past that last luxury tax threshold at that point. What motivation do you have to stay under it? Go fucking do it. And you got say, say you don't get rid of Donaldson. So if you've got 30, 40, I mean, you got Severino coming off the books. You got Donaldson coming off the books. You have a lot of money coming off the books in 2023 if you're worried about money, but if you sign Rodon, you're already blowing past the threshold, go for the fucking jugular. Like you're literally at that point, you it's irresponsible not to, because now you're just throwing away money for nothing. Go, go get a left fielder and don't cheap out. Go maybe add another bullpen arm. Yeah. My only, my only concern is that we did just beat the, Giants in a bidding war for Judge, they still have that three hundred and sixty million, three hundred and seventy-five million, whatever they offered him, ready to deploy to somebody. And I feel like you know we were talking about the Yankees, we're gonna panic buy somebody. To what? It's going to Korea. 
well, I mean that they can get both. Like that that my point is they had money to spend. And honestly, we were talking about this before it was official. Like the Giants probably told Judge, I mean, they already brought in Mitch Hanniger. They probably told him, like, you're not the only move we're gonna make because if it is, then he's joining a team to not win now. It's like we're we have a plan. I know the GM is like far Farham Zaidi, and like I'm sure he told Judge in those meetings, like, hey, we're not going to just stop there. We're going to make other moves. We're going to make this championship team this year. You're going to make the playoffs. You're going to make a lot of money doing it, but you're going to make the playoffs this team right now. So I have a feeling like they had a lot more money to spend beyond Judge, and I think that wouldn't shock me to like to see them get him back or uh, get him and a Correa or him and a Bogarts and just – Well, they're uh, in on a shortstop now too, yeah. I, yeah, I, I that is my concern. It all makes sense is what I'm saying. It all makes sense. He's, a, he's It would be the move to make – of all the remaining moves, uh, it, Priority just, it, it number seems one, like though. we're probably we're dealing with less resources, all things considered, because we have a billion dollars now <laughs> all on three people. Well, so, yeah, but I think Rodon, you're not even above the threshold yet. So Rodon, we already talked about that, but I think that's priority number one after that. Obviously, you still need to make some sort of a move to bring in an outfielder, whether that's Benintendi, whether that's Nimmo. People are talking about Conforto. I don't love that, but it's somebody. I or love you can, Conforto. Uh, he didn't play last year. Like, yeah. It's a that, mega low risk, high reward. He wants a two-year deal with an opt-out. You know, listen, you know if they can get him for pennies, fine. But they have – but if, if they can get him for pennies, fine. But I don't think he's really that viable because we have I Cabrera. How much better is he going to be than Cabrera? Like, it just depends. I, maybe. I think the blueprint to a – the perfect offseason at this point is find some sort of way to get out of Donaldson and Hicks's contracts, which I don't I know that's that that's even happen. feasible. I think they'll get one, not the other, not both. I think you go get a left fielder. Maybe it's been attendee. They're not going to get Nemo, although somebody Astros are also talking to Ben attendee. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I, I, I think the Yankees are all in on Ben attendee. I don't know that Ben attendee loved being a Yankee reports so i think if ben attendee wanted to be a yankee it'd be done already um but i mean there's left fielder options out there and if not you've got cabrera bring up one of the shortstop i and i think you bring up peraza or you trade him for a brian reynolds which i don't think is so that's the the other thing we could and i and then i think you put cabrera there as a stop gap until um until volpe's ready which i think he'll be ready before around the all-star break and then cabrera becomes your utility your super utility guy who's still almost like dj was when he first signed he's still playing 130 games i mean that is the perfect ideal blueprint i don't know that it happens that way i would love to see reynolds in left field and i love peraza but i think if you send peraza off to the pirates and you bring in reynolds you're helping this team win now in an area of depth and that's fine so the thing is with reynolds is that his contract is so favorable that it might take another top five guy with Peraza oh, to get him. But they wouldn't put Peraza Volpe and Peraza together, of course. But It'll yeah, like, are we Peraza really going to put Peraza and Dominguez for two years of Reynolds? I don't. I, mean, I like I Reynolds. Know. I do. I don't I think he fits really well. I feel Dominguez. like that's too much. That's Me mainly. Neither, but that's, yeah, I'm not sold on Dominguez. That's where I'm at with it. And Peraza, I'm not sold on him being. He's good. And he's going to be good. And he might make a couple All Star games. He's not Volpe. I mean, Volpe is. That's another point I want to make with Judge. If you let Volpe or if you let Judge walk, that puts you've already put this 
Hall of Fame expectation on Volpe by letting Correa, Turner, uh, Seager, all these guys pass by. You've already put basically a perennial all-star MVP caliber player or bust. Let Judge walk too. And now you've got Volpe who has to fill those shoes of the homegrown next Derek Jeter. It's not it's not fair to put on a 21-year-old kid. So that is a point I meant to make earlier. But I think Volpe, he is that guy. He really is. If he can handle the pressure of it, the talent's there. It's a big if. It, I'm okay trading away Peraza. Cause, because uh, yeah, listen, you've, got, you've got Oswald, Oswaldo Cabrera there as well, who is a natural shortstop. He plays a damn good shortstop. So, well, that's the one position you, you that he's not going to play. That's what I'm is the at. funny thing. Like, yes, there are options. I agree. And, but here's where it also gets interesting is that if they don't get Radon, I don't think any of the other starting pitching free agents that are left are worth signing. No. So then I still think that bringing in a two, if you bring in a two that's Radon, whether it's he or somebody of that caliber, that makes the Yankees, if not the deepest rotation in baseball, the best. They might be the best rotation in baseball. If you're looking at Cole, Rodon, or somebody similar, Sevi, Nestor, Montas. If Montas you- becomes who he was, I think he was pitching hurt last year. So if he's fully healthy next year, I really do think he'll be some version of what he was in the first half. And if he's your five, I guess I'm the king of if you told me however long ago that whatever. <laughs> but if you told me in July that Montas is going to be your five next year, you'd be ecstatic about it. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, he's supposed to be the two when he came over the deadline. So I don't know really what pitchers fit into that that are available for a trade, but I just saw, I I know we talked about the billion dollars that's allocated to three players. I just saw a post. I'm not sure if you guys saw it, but uh, the total franchise value of the Marlins is 990 million. Well, that's funny because they were the ones that like stand into that contract. It's worth. To be fair, that's that's a way different scenario. I think, as sad as it is, I think Jose Fernandez passing away changed the entire trajectory of that franchise. Yeah, it that caused a rebuild. It it did, and that's yeah. They had Yelich, Stanton, and Ozuna, Ozuna in the same outfield. They had yeah. Jose Fernandez. They had D Gordon when he was a perennial All Star. Mm-hmm. That team. They was had. But I love the way that they're operating, and I really think that real Muto, no, or am I making that up? Sorry, no, they had real Muto. I think, I think they're a person that you can look to as a possible trade partner for the Yankees as well. Because I think once Cashman's done with his signings and he's done loading up on everybody he can on the free agent market, I think he's going to look to shed guys like I think Glaber Torres is. More likely, I I would say 50-50, if not higher, to be traded. I think Donaldson's in that category. I think Hicks is in that category. Uh, There's a lot of guys that can be traded, and I think that the Marlins fit that bill. And I think that they have a lot of interest in some of our guys, including Glaber. I'm glad you mentioned that. Sorry. That was the reason I mentioned. Even if it's not Lopez. So, well, that was the reason I actually mentioned trading for a pitcher. Lopez popped into my mind because I knew that was something they were interested in. So if we can kind of maybe put Glaber and a prospect in there and then try to toss in Hicks or Donaldson and have them meet some of the contract. Yankees fans, tender your expectations. We're getting nothing at all from those people. If they're, if they're trying to trade them, like not a thing. 
I think you're muted. I am muted. Sorry. There's, I love the trade predictions that are like Florial Hicks, Donaldson, and somebody else for like Pablo Lopez. And like you get two immediate major league starters and like guys, come on. if you trade Donaldson and Hicks, we're getting maybe and Ca- cash. I Not even cash. You might get like a 2008 dated like radar gun. Yeah, or or like I always say, vending machine credit. Just I don't even think he's worth vending machine credit. Yeah, either of them. Yeah, I, I wish they would just retire. Yeah, um, I I think that's the game plan. Is if you can't get Rodon, go for a trade partner to find a pitcher. It's not really. I mean, I don't really like Bassett that much, but I I mean, I wouldn't be upset to add him to the rotation for depth. But we are we are a man down. Two, if you if you count the beginning of the season with Montgomery leaving and Tyone both now leaving, uh, I know we added Montas, but you know we don't know it what he's what he's going to be. So as it sits today, we do need a pitcher. So I, that's why I'm not. I wouldn't be shocked if we got one. Um, I I can't see us getting or bidding more than other people for the short stops, uh, and we have too many prospects coming up. So honestly, I'd be I'd be kind of upset if we spent our our remaining resources on a shortstop when we can call up Volpe this year, we can have Peraza play shortstop this year. I mean that all of those options are, are not bad ones in my eyes. So I don't know. I, I think what that's... do you, what do you think of our rotation right now? Real quick. Our rotation is Cole, Nestor, Sebi flip flop those. However you want Montas and then either Clark Schmidt or Orban. I think Which it's one. Still, it's I think right now it's good. one of the best rotations in baseball. I just don't think, as we know, I don't think it's enough to get it done. I think Rodon puts it over the top, and I think that's when you stack up now. Rod- the way Rodon to look at it is a top three rotation. Yeah, I think potentially the best rotation in baseball it depends how it shakes out in free agency the rest of the way. But like, if you the way to look at it, as you all know, is to stack up against one on one. Can you win a World Series against this or a series? against those teams if you match up the starters. And I, I think they can go hand-in-hand hand with, like, the a, a, a Mets rotation. Like it depends on who their third is. But, like, they now have Verlander and, and Scherzer. Like, those are two great pitchers. They're both very fucking old. So I wouldn't be shocked if they started to, to tail off a little bit. But, I mean, the, the our rotation is is up there. And Rodon would, be, would definitely make it a conversation to be the best rotation in baseball through and through. So... With the high upside that Montas can be even an average pitcher. Get a I contact think, first bat. Rodon, a contact first bat, preferably a left fielding one, and bring up a shortstop. That's the blueprint. That is. Do the, you think the perfect, there's a chance to get Ben Attendi and Rodon? Uh, the most realistic scenario, I think, would be Ben Attendi. Because I liked Ben Attendi a lot. I, I love it. I thought he was a good ad. A he was fan. awesome before he got hurt. He plays good defense. Him, Our outfield would be sweet. It would be... Benintendi, Bader, and Judge, and that's that's. I mean, you want to talk Three about gold just glovers. the Gold Glovers? Like that's awesome. That is so unbelievably awesome. It's lefty bat. I mean, just it's. I I get. I would get the shorts moving for sure for for next season. I if you completed this off season with Rodon and Benintendi, I'm I'm a happy camper. I'm so winning the World Series. I don't think I hate to rein in on your parade a little bit, but uh, Buster only was on the Sick. Michael K show earlier today and said that Rodon quote unquote, Rodon wants six years. Think that prices out the Yankees Mets, maybe the Cubs and Red Sox, maybe the Padres. Jack so, Curry. So the who's got an the ear in the front 
Well, Jack Curry said that the Yankees were like the favorites. So I've been yeah. trusting no, I mean, Jack I, Curry I, a lot more than any other of these. Absolutely. What, like unrelated. I feel like he's dipping his toe into the just MLB break news breaking. Like, is, is he going to be, are we watching like the character arc of, of Jack Curry and he's becoming like a, the next Jeff Passan? I love Jack Curry. For Yankees news, he is. Absolutely. Some serious character development. He he went from being that guy in the pregame show who gave out a song every time to Jeff Passan's cousin real quick. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I would say I'm 50. 50 on Rodon right now if you don't I think you have to 50, I think 50 it's on him coming or 50 50 on you wanting him I think at this point I'm just oh I'm 120 percent okay, so I, I would give my soul for Rodon I'd say 50 50 I think Rodon is I think he's vastly underrated you I mean remember this is a guy that was the number three overall pick I think out of NC State he made his debut before even a full year in the minors I think he got drafted in June and called up in September the dude is an absolute animal. He's reinvented his, like I said, he reinvented his entire throwing motion. He's a damn good pitcher. He throws 99. I know. I know. He's got, he's, uh, he is a perfect fit. If not, strikes him, out a ton of people. He is the most surefire, perfect pitcher to add to the Yankees since Garrett Cole in any of the last three free agent classes. I think if you can get him for six years at 30 million a piece, I think it's a no brainer. That's, a I lot. think it's an absolute no brainer. That's a lot of money, though. I, I just don't think we're going to have enough money to outbid. The Giants. I can already picture that in their state of desperation. Verbal meme here is the like Pornhub like uh, template of like New York Yankees cuck the like West Coast or like New York handsome rich New York guy like cucks West Coast person. It's just the Yankees taking everybody from the Giants, taking Rodon and Judge both and Judge. Or I no, I can see or, this is a sign the episode should end soon. But the the meme that, <laughs> <laughs> that we're describing memes and how they will be like if we do get Rodon and Judge, obviously that meme of the person like the cartoon character grabbing the ball and then somebody else like pulling them away and, and behind them. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. The listeners do. They'll see it when it comes true. I'll post it. Okay. Anywho, right. that's the end of this show. I think. Um, under the radar, we didn't talk much about Canley, but it's very, very pumped about that. I'm very happy about that signing. I did see a fun stat that obviously he didn't pitch the whole year last year. He was injured, but, um, he has, he still got the change up. He threw it, uh, 487 less times than Devin Williams. And he had nearly the same run value on that pitch. So, uh, Devin Williams is a nasty change up. So I think that's, that's promising to see. I think it's actually also really funny that it, it seems as though, we just sent Canley to the Dodgers to do a rehab stint, and now he's back with the Yankees. So, I love Canley. Tip the cap. I think he's a great tip the cap. Very to, low to risk for that. high reward. I will never forget the game I went to the ALCS against the Astros in 2019. It was like 30 degrees out, windy as shit. It was so cold, and Canley just reached into a bucket of like a uh, like a cooler just. 
pulled out an ice water and dumped it all over his fucking face before he went out there. It was like, this dude's an absolute psychopath. I love Tommy Cantley. He's literally addicted so to Red happy. Bulls for or monsters for a whole long time, relapsed, and now he's, he's Dude, back. Dude, you see he's, he's drinking okay. like a 12-pack of Red Bulls a day. That's crazy. I mean, I do you want to talk? We haven't talked about this. This is a good way to end the episode. The locker room now with the addition of Canely, bringing back Jizzo, Rizzo, and, and Judge full-time, it's just like, Obviously, you still have Nestor. You still have all these guys. The locker room is is about to be something special. So, I hope Rodon isn't a cancer in the locker room. <laughs> all right, I think that, Rodon and Cole would be the perfect one too in that locker room. That'd be sure. fun. That'd be fun. Um, all right, catch you guys later. Hope we get some breaking news soon. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.